My first rifle was a 243. Papa gave daddy and daddy gave to me. And they taught me how to shoot with a steady hand. I guess that's something you don't understand. Welcome to another episode of All American Wing Shooting Podcast. Today we have a very familiar person with most gun dog people. Pete Fisher is here with us from Dogtra. So good to see you. Thanks for having me again. It's been a, been a while. Probably been a couple of years since we did something. I know it has been. I, I do think it was two years ago. And it, life has just been so busy. <laughs> we talked about dogs. Yeah. So what's mm-hmm. going on? You were, you were looking for a new puppy. Did you find one? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, things have changed quite a bit by then or since then. Uh, I found a uh, a dark yellow uh, dog, which is what I was looking for. Kind of a, you know, a lot of people call them red. Uh, but quite frankly, you know, with the American Kennel Club, which most of our dogs are registered, you can either, you can only register them black, yellow, or chocolate. So he's the the darker yellow phase, I would call it. And in fact, is uh, he is just turned two. And uh, I have him far enough along. He already has two master passes in the American Kennel Club uh, hunt test program. So, so awesome. yeah, I've, I've not only uh, not only found one, but uh, uh, I trained him. I sent him down south to Alabama uh, because you can't do much with dogs uh, up here in the wintertime, Anna. And so I sent him down to uh, Richard Meisman, a trainer that I know quite well down in uh, lower southern Alabama. I sent him down there back in March, I think uh, February or March is when I sent him. He's still down there and he'll come up north. Richard comes up to uh, Watertown, Minnesota. So uh, I had him quite far along. Richard took him and started transitioning, getting him ready to uh, run some masters. And he's got two uh, master passes under his belt at this point. So he's doing well. And the dog just turned uh, two here about a month ago. Oh, that is so awesome. Well, you know, I am a um, I favor the same color as you like mm-hmm. my dog she's the dark yellow too and she's two and we are just about to send her off to have her finished because <clears throat> i really just wanted to do upland stuff with her and she, and she was good enough for what i needed but then mm-hmm. i got introduced to the hardcore duck hunting world and i was like i'm not going anywhere without my dog and i know you're the same way yeah. it's like we wanted we yeah. want to hunt with our dogs yeah yeah, I mean, uh, to get them, uh, you know, you do all the basic work with with every dog, the you know, the obedience, the remote training, collar conditioning, gun and birds, but then to take them to that, you know, the next level, so to speak, to get a, a really uh, finished gun dog, uh, something that is uh, able to run in the master hunt tests or the the higher stakes in the in the HRC program, it takes a lot of work, and uh, people don't realize it. So, and, and not only does it take a lot of work, but you got to be doing the right things with them too. So exactly. uh, we had a brutal winter up here. I've sent many of my dogs South for a few months of winter work over the years uh, because you just can't do much with them in Minnesota. And so, um, so rush is my dog's name is down South and uh, he'll make his way back up here with the trainer in uh, about a week or so. Well, I think, I think tater or tater bug. <clears throat> Littles is going to go to South Georgia, probably um, to Brad's over at Mossy Pond. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is how I met yep. you. Brad's the one that introduced yeah. us. Yeah. 
And so yeah, this I, last, what now? Uh, you know, I talked to Brad quite regularly and, um, you know, he had my uh, dog Trey seven years ago when we were running him in a bunch of derbies and I sent Trey down south uh, with Brad. And now consequently, Brad, uh, you know, he runs the whole operation down there, but he doesn't really put his hands on any dogs anymore. But yeah, he turned into a uh, a great contact for me and a friend. But that's for my dog that is uh, eight years old. Trey uh, went for a winter trip. Well, um I'm ho I'm hoping that little stays on Carter's trailer. I love Carter that's training with him. So we just Taterbug and I went this past weekend down south um to um was it Chesapeake Farm? Somewhere right outside of Statesboro and went to our first SRS and it was SRS University. Oh, so all the high school yeah. kids, college kids. And so Carter yep. had a couple of kids that he was training that were there. And so we got to spend the weekend with them and um and with Shannon, and that was mm -hmm. just, it was such a blast. I met Shannon at a Yukonuba event not too long ago, and she wows me. Like, her knowledge mm -hmm. and all the experience that she has, she's cute as a button and just a little pistol. And uh, so I hope to do a lot more work with her. Now, I don't know if I'll ever make that level of running the SRS, but I have so much appreciation for what she's trying to um, make happen with the kids, like just, She's doing an amazing job. Um, JC, mm -hmm. my oldest, actually got in. She got invited to come through Ducks Unlimited uh, Collegiate Chapter to come and run. So what they're doing is they're running, you know, like a hunt test scenario, but it's competition, right? So maybe more like field trial. Mm -hmm. And these kids, um, high school and college age kids, get paired up with a pro and they run the mm -hmm. pro's dogs. So Carter has three dogs in like the top five SRS standings right now. And these mm -hmm. kids are getting to run those dogs. Like they probably have no idea this experience that they're having, you know? Yep. Uh, and so it's really cool that, that the pros are taking this much time to invest in the youth and like keep this game alive. It was, I had a blast and I wasn't even running a dog. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, again, we live in a world where, um, you know, not as many people uh, experience the outdoors, hunting. You know, for a while there, when the pandemic hit, fishing licenses went through the roof. We didn't see that translate into more hunting licenses. Um, you know, young adults just don't get the exposure to the outdoors, to the shooting sports, <clears throat> like, uh, as an example, someone like we did. So it is uh, really kind of a dying industry. And um, so anything we can do to, to keep the things moving forward and, and keeping young adults getting exposed, because it's a great uh, experience. It's a great hobby. And, you know, when you look at just the, the, the different parts of it, you know, look at um, trap shooting has take off, taken off up here in Minnesota and the Midwest and many other states because it's now in high schools. Mm -hmm. uh, I think our local uh, I live rural, our local. A uh, high school team has well over a hundred uh, boys and girls that that shoot uh, high school trap. Wow! So, so yeah, there's and but you know we haven't seen that translate at this point yet into more of these young individuals uh, becoming outdoor people. Uh, we haven't seen an increase in in hunting licenses. Um, we haven't seen a great increase in the amount of kids that are in the different youth programs, but. You know, it's a great place to start and it's um, 
it's it's there's only so many things that we can do and so what is doctor you know, doing right now like what are these missions that are going on well you know we our mission is to to try and produce training callers for every sector and that becomes very difficult at times because the different sectors are so different anna and you know this you know the person that is using our gps unit uh for his hounds to to chase around uh, raccoons is totally different than the person that is using one of our pet dog units that is looking to get control on their dog in suburbia you know those those two different those two sectors are are worlds apart so not only does is it difficult at times to produce the correct product but also to market it mm -hmm. uh, because you think about trying to market it to the coon a product to the coon hunting world and then you know let's flip gears uh switch gears and 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 now this afternoon we're going to market to the pet dog world <laughs> it really takes uh, uh uh somebody with a lot of experience and and i work with lorraine over at dog trend and she's just been fabulous lorraine oh, has I learned so much yeah yeah, she's really learned a lot and she has a lot of passion for even though she's really not a dog person or a dog training person. Um, it 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 takes a, a person. Uh, I tell the owner of Dogtra this all the time. He says, well, we got to find more people like like you, Pete, that have experience uh, and passion in the dog training world. And I said, you know, Alex, you're not going to find a lot of Pete Fishers running around this world that that are doing what I do. I said, you have to find somebody that's passionate about being successful in life. You get that person and we'll turn them into a dog person if they have some interest. But I think that's uh, one of the struggles that we have as the company has grown is trying to market our product to uh, all the different sectors. And then there are times where different sectors get forgotten about. And uh, and I keep reminding the owner of Dogtra, you know, you haven't updated uh, a lot of your product that uh, goes in the hands of the retriever person, which is which is what Us. I, which is near and yeah. dear to me. Yeah. And, I love and, the TMB uh, tool still though. That's, that's my go-to every, like, I don't oh, use it yeah. every single day, but I, when mm -hmm. I was tournament hunting, I loved the way that it fit in my hand. I loved the way that it laid yep. on my vest. It was compact. Yep. It was, um, I never had to look at it to hit the buttons. Like it was the easiest color. And that's why I switched to dog trip mm -hmm. is because out of every controller transmitter, that was the one that fit me the best. Yeah. And and one of the things I keep preaching to Dogtra is, you know, let's not make this thing so complicated that we forget about what we're using it for, which is to modify the dog's behavior, excuse me, to train the dog. And we have a tendency nowadays with, with everything in our life to make it very complicated, to put a lot of different features and functions in a particular product. And one of the things that we have to remember is this product has to be user-friendly. It's gotta be durable, let's not forget that, but it's gotta be user-friendly. And the more I have to look down at that transmitter, that means that I have had to take the, my eye off of the dog. Mm -hmm. And so timing, as you know, is everything in life with, with training a dog. And so if I've gotta be fumbling around looking at what buttons or what level I'm at, uh, that makes it so I'm not looking at the dog. I'm not I'm not watching what the dog is doing and I'm messing around with this this uh, transmitter. So simplicity, I think, is uh, and user 
friendliness are really key to to having a good training collar. And and we're guilty of that as well, dog trails, with putting all these different features and functions in it. And we just there most most people that train for a living do not need all that crap. So no. Um, <laughs> the only the only times that it's ever caused me a problem is when the toggle switch on the back would get switched to beeper. Oh yeah. 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 And then and then I'd hit a button and the dog would be like, what is that coming after me? And they'd yeah. shoot forward faster <laughs> instead of stopping. Yeah. I'm like, what yeah. in the world? Yeah. So, and that is an added feature where there are some people that only want a beeper training program, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. So well, you, you look at our product, like our, our edge RT, uh, those are no LCD screen on them. So uh, I don't have to look, it has a no look feel to it. You know, we, they yeah. can adjust the, the stimulation level without looking down at the transmitter. There is no screen on it. What? one less thing to go wrong or to break. Um, we There's uh, there's a lot of good training collars out there on the market now, not just dog trip, but there's a lot of good product out there. And, uh, you know, compared to 10 or 20 years ago, where there were only a couple uh, real good training collars. Now, the other thing we see is, you know, Amazon is out to rule the world. And, and I'm an Amazon shopper myself. But when you start scrolling through all the, uh, Chinese made training collars that are on Amazon for 25 and 35 and 45 dollars. They are ruining, uh, the industry and giving remote training collars a bad name. Uh, that's something that every one of the manufacturers are fighting at this point is this, uh, culture of, uh, selling this real cheap, which really doesn't, some of it doesn't look too bad if you looked at it physically, the, the photos of it, but it's, uh, it's really, uh, not the kind of product you'd want to strap on your dog, but, well, yeah, because um, how do you know that you're going to have the consistency and the guaranteed, like, you don't, where you don't have the shortage, and then all of a sudden you fry your dog, and and yeah, that can you cause don't, you massive don't know that, problems. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And and unfortunately, because of the way Amazon works and what little bit I know about it, <laughs> is that, you know, they do a lot of, these Chinese companies do a lot of uh, paid advertisement in, in social uh, media and also in Amazon. And what happens is they become, when you search remote training, collar dog training, they're the first ones you see. And you've got to sort through all of those before you get down to the, the, the good product, uh, which is going to be more pricey, uh, but also it's going to be the quality is going to be there. So that's one of the things we, we fight with all the time. And we don't see as many people buying product in, in the retail stores. Uh, a lot of it's done online now, and so most people go to Amazon, and uh, and and then they see this this lesser grade product is the first thing they see for forty five dollars, and they're like, oh, we'll give this a whirl, and um, that it's it's something that every one of these companies has to deal with now. Anna. Wow. Well, do you guys have new products coming up? <clears throat> uh, we're always. Is there something I should know about? Because I'm. Update. Uh, no, I don't know. You know, we updated that GPS unit, that Pathfinder, it's called, to a Pathfinder 2 uh, last year, and that has been uh, successful. It runs through an app on your phone. Um, that's been one of the latest things we did. Um, we came out with some uh, pet dog training product. Uh, you'd have to search it. Uh, Q is what it's called, and it really is designed for pet dogs, but no, really our 
the product that you and I use, uh, we have uh, not updated anything. <clears throat> we're we're uh, potentially working on some things, but I haven't seen any working prototypes of it. And one of the things I keep telling uh, the owners of Dortra is, you know, we don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We don't need to, you know, you just need to tweak some of your, look at some of the problems you may have had with your units. Um, look at some, in, uh, creating some new features uh, that people want. That's the other thing is, uh, you know, just don't throw features into into the product that you haven't researched and, and found out that people really want. Uh, so that's all, another big uh, part of what I, I do with the company is making sure that we, uh, when we do some updates to product, that we just don't change it completely and change it so much that the people don't want it anymore. The people have been yeah. using it for five or 10 years. Yeah, um, we don't want to lose our favorite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's really, uh, there's that fine line uh, between uh, being a, a company that's innovative and making some changes, Anna, and making your product better in a lot of different aspects, uh, and then uh, going too far and tipping the scale the other way, and people looking at it and saying, "Well, this isn't anything like 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 I had before." So those uh, we don't have anything in the in the sporting dog world that I can share with you right now, but um, hopefully within the next six months we'll start seeing some new things that we're working on, and then I can come back and. And uh, we can talk about them and I can show you stuff. Well, it, anybody listening that is looking for a new collar, um, the the two collars that we recommend and that we use <laughs> Pete and I on our dogs are on my website on the favorites tab. And there's also a, a discount code there for Dogtra if you order straight from the Dogtra website. Yep. And so that is AnnaVOutdoors.com. And, and if you do that, the, the customer service that doctor has is phenomenal. Like you're always going to get a real person with real answers, with real connections. And that's such a, a huge thing today because we don't have, like, we don't have time to wait when we have a caller problem. That's like an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, many of the, the professionals that I deal with that are on our field staff, um, most of them are going to have multiple units so that if something, I mean, let's face it, every, everything breaks at some point, everything wears out. You and I are going to wear out at some point, hopefully not for a long time yet, but <laughs> we still got more birds than Jake's. Yeah. But stuff breaks and, and wears out. And so, um, a, uh, uh, one of my stories that I tell is, uh, and I'll use his name, uh, Mark Smith, who's a dear friend of mine and a professional field trial trainer. Uh, Mark called me all in a tizzy. Uh, he was, uh, Mark is from Louisiana, Texas area, comes to Minnesota and trains for the summer. And he was on his way to the national and training and his training collar broke. And um, he calls me and he's just in a tizzy. And he said, uh, can you get one overnighted to me? I said, Mark, the, the cost of overnighting a product from California to wherever he was in Paducah, Kentucky or whatever, I said, it's just, you're not going to want to pay that. And I can't get the company to absorb that. And then I said, I mean, I know Mark well. I know the amount of training collars he's got. I said, are you telling me that that is? And he said, don't even ask me. I said, you, you, you went that far training for the Nationals and you only got one training collar with you. And he goes, I, I, that is exactly what happened. 
And so stuff breaks. Uh, what I ended up oh doing was gosh. I said, uh, you're going to train. You're probably going to see Wayne uh, Curtis, so another trainer over there. I know Wayne. I know he's got extra units with him. Go borrow one of his. But, you know, stuff breaks eventually. Most trainers have uh, Darnch's training. You know, a carpenter isn't we're so building guilty houses of with just one saw or hammer. Yes. You know, you've got to have extra remember? stuff. Do you not remember when I blew your phone up at nationals and I had finals that morning and somehow my caller had disconnected to my transmitter and I could not figure out how to get oh, them paired again. Code. Yes. And yeah. I was blowing up your phone. I'm like, I run in two hours and I don't have a call. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guilty. And of what did we do too. that refresh my memory? What did we do? Recode it real quick. Uh, yeah, yeah you cold. literally yeah. held my hand from Minnesota. I was yeah. like off in Kansas and you're like, hit this button yeah. and hold this for 10 seconds and then do this. Yeah. But when, when you get in that frenzy, something super simple, all, all of yeah. a sudden becomes impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, as we're all well aware of, uh, what, what can go wrong will go wrong in those situations. So, uh, you know, the beauty of it is, is, uh, we got it got you back up and running uh in mark's situation i had him go find another trainer that was out there for the national and and um borrow his uh, uh one of his units until he got back home but um you know some of that is is uh custom goes back to cus good customer service too anna and um and unfortunately we're based out of california so there's a, a time difference uh you know right now it's uh 9:20 my time here in Minnesota, so it's 7:20 out in um, in California. They don't open up for uh, 45 minutes, and yeah. so that that's one of the things we run into. And you know, one of the things that I do for the company is I, a lot of people don't. Uh, you have my phone number, you have my contact, but we don't put a lot of my information out there so that I don't I don't need uh, <laughs> phone calls at in the middle of the night from. But <laughs> you know, that's one of the things out. I. Yeah, we that's appreciate one of the things I do so for much, them. Pete. Yeah. yeah. So, but, and I, and I enjoy, and I enjoy doing it. You know, I enjoy uh, helping people. And, um, and sometimes as you're well aware of there, there's some things that I, I can't fix. I can't, you know, you can't fix them over the phone. So well, coming from that's when our perspective, right. As a trainer or as a pro competitor, whatever we and I'm speaking for other people, even people I don't know, because this is just such a tried and true thing. What doctor has meant to me is a group of people that understand and share the exact same passions. Like Lorraine, it's, it is so easy for us. Like we have to talk after hours because we can talk for an hour mm -hmm. on the phone about yeah. life and we live completely opposite lives, but she's oh, yeah. such a cheerleader for the doctor team, yep. all of us that do things. And she genuinely wants to know um about like what's going on in our life she asked about my kids yeah. i mean it's such yeah. a wonderful thing to be teamed up with you guys because we do support each other's lives like i love it when you text me and tell me about the puppies you know i'm like this yeah. is so cool because that's that's what brings us all together and keeps us motivated to keep sharing about the outdoors yeah she's i mean i can't sing her praises enough uh she, she Lorraine has just been fabulous to work with. She has been, I think, one of the best additions Dogtra has made in uh, maybe in the in the uh, since I've been involved with Dogtra. Uh, she has learned so much 
she's uh, uh, very interested in it. She's not only interested in uh, the pet dog world, uh, but she's not a hunting person or an outdoor person, Anna. And so, uh, but she's, she's uh, grasped that and, and shown interest in that and wants to learn it. And it's, it's very complicated. It's a very complicated uh, industry to be in, you know, not only from the product side, but also how the product is used. And, and so, but no, she's just been wonderful. I, I talk to Lorraine during the work week, almost every day. Uh, we have one weekly call on Tuesdays uh, at noon that I'm on with her and, and uh, uh, her assistant Davis is his name. And so those two people are, have just been uh, great to work with because so much happens nowadays with social media. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's a, it's a big part of, of uh, any company uh, and how we showcase our product. Uh, we, a lot of people don't know it, but I'm in our, our uh, social media accounts almost uh, religiously every morning. And I'm looking through the, the tech questions and I'm the, I don't sign off as who I am. I, yeah. I answer the, a lot of those questions. That's me uh, answering them. Some things that can't, I can't resolve. I turn over to customer service. But, um, you know, people that are using the wrong battery charger on a unit, uh, you know, if I don't answer that question uh, a couple times a week, uh, that's, uh, that's very normal. That was a learning curve for me too, because you gotta, you gotta mark which ones go with what you just know that, or you'll charge your collar for two days on a bark collar charger and it's never going to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talked earlier about, uh, the people over at Mossy Pond and uh, Lee Howard <laughs> called me one morning early. He was at a hunt test and uh, he was going to air some dogs and he wanted a training collar on them. And um, m- my unit's dead. And I said, OK, so let's let's let me let's troubleshoot this. So the transmitter receiver are both dead. Yeah. I said, Lee, it's really odd that a battery in both the transmitter and receiver go dead at the same time. So let's. Uh, and he, uh, Lee uses our edge RT system, which a lot of pros do use. And, yeah. um, I said, where's, where's your battery charger? He says right here on the nightstand. I said, okay, flip it over, put your reading glasses on and read what it says on the back. I said, go down about four lines and tell me, uh, the voltage output. He says, voltage output is five volts. I said, you've got a five volt charger trying to charge a 10 volt system. That's your problem. And okay, then he so- says, for all now of us morons, y'all need to put the um what like on the the actual charger. Put what it goes to so that we want call you with dumb questions. And I know yeah. it sounds so dumb to you. <laughs> and 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 the sad part about it is if you set a uh, if you set a uh, five volt charger down next to a ten volt charger the average person would not be able to see the difference in them physically because they're so similar. You wouldn't notice the difference until you flipped them over and started reading the specs on them. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand this. Most people don't. They say, well, why don't you just have one charger? You know, what happens with some of these smaller units, they have a much smaller battery in them. So they require a five volt charger, the bigger units, we can put a bigger battery in them. And so it's just, you know, the nature of the beast is that, we, we, we've got to have different chargers, but yeah, we, we've been guilty of that. Even if they, the problem, uh, to do what you just explained, to put a label on them for this particular unit, unfortunately, Anna, we've sold how many millions of these units already that are out there. So we're still blowing up your phone with yeah, the dumb questions. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, <laughs> I guess, I guess we could look at it 
as uh, job job security. Um, yeah. And we're bright people, but I'm telling you, when you get in a pinch like that, the world feels like it's just falling apart. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, it, it's job security. Um, there's, <laughs> there's, uh, they're really pretty simple, but quite honestly, it's like troubleshooting any product and you just have to ask the, the right questions first. And eventually we, we weed out all the, the real obvious things. And uh, about 80% of the time in my work, I've, I've, we were using the wrong charger and I'll, <laughs> I'll say to them, well, put it on the correct charger for two hours and, um, and then you're good to go. And a lot of times people seem to think that they'll put it on this, uh, the incorrect charger and they'll say, well, uh, I charged it for a day. And I said, well, you do. If you read the instruction manual, any amount you'll know that that has a lithium polymer battery in it. It only requires two hours. And so to be putting something on a charger for an excessive amount of time is not good for it to start with, but that just shows you how little people read manuals. And I'm probably guilty of it as well. I just put that thing together and was like, we're rolling, which if I would have read my manual, I probably could have paired my caller to my transmitter all by myself. Yes. Uh, and, and, and again, that's that. And, and a lot of people don't know the the terminology. Um, they might say, if you search, how do I sync a dog to a collar? You have to use the correct uh, terminology. It's code setting. And actually, all that code setting is on our website. Mm -hmm. uh, but our website is so packed full of information. The average uh, I tell this to the owners all the time. Listen, I work for you guys and I work as a contractor for them. I'm not an actual employee. I said, if Pete Fisher can't find things on our website, what chance does the average person have? So yeah, we, we're, we're waving a caution flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, um, it, it, it's, we've made things pretty difficult on ourselves as, as well, but that's just how complicated the, the product is. And, you know, you try and get videos and information up on how to use it and then try and do some troubleshooting. Uh, guides that are up there and code setting. I mean, really, when you search through it, it's uh, it's overwhelming. But, um, you know, and, and we do have good customer service people in California that you can call and they'll do the same troubleshooting with you. But we're we're in a in an environment like many other uh, companies, Anna, we, we can't find people to to work. And so we are short staffed many times at, at Dogtra and there's only so many hours in a day and so many phone calls you know, they sometimes take as many as 300 calls a day out there. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's part of, you know, you got to have a good product. You got to have good warranty. You got to have good customer service. And then if it does break, you got to have a good repair department. So, you know, it's, it's really, um, it, it's, it's complicated, but really it's, uh, to me, that was in the dog training business on my own for 30 years. Um, that, you know, most businesses are really pretty simple to run if you just, look at the really key things that you got to focus on. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's some things that are going on with dog. Well, I, I know that you've been in the dog world for pretty much your whole life. Wing shooting, those kind of yeah, things. And you yeah. were hardcore trainer traveled, put in all the miles and, and those long hours. And then you fell into this because of the passion for the dogs and for the industry. Yeah. And so I used to ask this question to everybody and I got away from it. And I really want to start back because it was 
probably the main thing of why I wanted to get on a podcast and talk about the powerhouse people behind the scenes that nobody ever knows actually makes the industry go round. You know, people know influencers and they may know the famous dog trainers, but we're all dependent on you. And you could sit here for the next five hours and go through famous people that are blowing up your phone that need your product and that you're helping them do their job, right? And create their platform. And so yeah. I was like, I want to give back to all the people that open the doors for me to have this kind of career and to have this kind of success and show, like, just show, I guess, the the average hunter that's not in the, that, that circle who these people really are and yeah. um, and and how vast this industry is and how tight-knit that it is um, yep. because we would literally have friends across the country. But the, the one question that I used to ask everybody was, like, what is um, the true heart of the American wing shooter to you? And I know you've been a wing shooter for a very long time and you've been all over the country doing it. And so what does that look like? Well, you know, I'm a pheasant hunter and, and to me, there's nothing more enjoyable <clears throat> than being in the field on a nice day, uh, chasing pheasants with my dog. And a, a big part of that as well. <clears throat> and I just mentioned this to my wife, one of my uh, most best memories this past year hunting was uh, sheep. My wife put together a weekend of hunting at our location, and I still have land here that's in uh, Native Prairie Grasses CRP program. And she had our family come here, my sons and their wives, and we made it a weekend event. And that was probably the most enjoyable time that I've had in recent memory um, because my two sons were there who like to hunt, but they're like a lot of young adults, Anna. They don't have a lot of time to do it. They have uh, kids, they have full-time jobs. So that was, uh, I, I thought about that sitting on the tailgate of my Can-Am uh, one evening after we had been out hunting <clears throat> and just watching the, the sun go down, watching some roosters fly back into the roost and oh, sitting yeah. there enjo enjoying a cold beverage and the hunting was done, the guns were put away, and we were just sitting there talking, talking about life, things that were going on in their world. <clears throat> and so to me, the, the wing shooting uh, experience is uh, very similar to individuals that golf, and I'm not a golfer, but it's, it's not so much about the golf and putting the ball in the hole. It's about the, the networking. It's about spending time with people that you truly enjoy spending time with. In this case, uh, my two sons, and uh, I think that's really something that gets that needs to get focused on. And really, it, uh, I brought that up because it was just a, a conversation I had with my wife uh, just uh, within the last week. That was probably uh, one of my favorite stories in the last couple of years is to share that with people and how important that was uh, to be able to spend that time with my sons. And that's. Uh, I guess whether you're, you, whether you're, I'm not a golfer, they golf a little bit. They're not very good at it. I hope they listen to this, but they're actually both pretty good shooters because of me. Um, but it was really a good time, Anna. And I think that's something that we, we forget about is, uh, you know, that outdoor experience and the dogs and the shooting and really the killing of the bird is, uh, really the, it, it, it's what we are out there and what happens. 
but it's not really what it's about. It's about just time spent enjoying the outdoors. I agree. And we've got to kill birds so that we can create the next phase of that whole story, right? Because once the, once we actually harvest our birds, well, then we go to dinner, you know, and then, Mm -hmm. and then that whole family tradition carries on through celebrating what you guys just accomplished together through a meal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds so simple, but it never gets old. This story never gets old. Yeah. Uh, There's, I, I own, own 120 acres here yet and uh there's pheasants on it and a lot of times i'll go out and uh and i'll just take my dogs for a late afternoon walk i've got the training collars on them i don't even bring a gun with um i just want to see him work the the birds i've got one german short hair pointer love, he's getting up there in age i love to see him point birds yet he's 13 um so really the the harvesting of the bird or the animal is kind of anticlimactic for someone that's done it as much as i have but I still I still enjoy um, the pheasant as as a meal, and it's it's part of the of the the process. And so uh, there, there's days where I like to just go out, and even though I'm excuse me only be out for an hour or two, I may do that just walking my dogs and watching them have fun and working on some training, you know, control things and and just uh, not even shoot a bird. Well, I agree with um, pheasant. I think it's best made like beer chicken <laughs> on the grill. Yeah. And Hallie Joe's finally shooting now. I mean, she's yeah. been shooting pheasants for a while, probably two and a half years. But now she's in sporting clay lessons every week. So she's mm-hmm. finally getting big enough to have her own independence. And I'm like, don't you miss that bird kid? Like we got to put it like we have to we have to shoot so many birds to feed us. Right. Like you can't miss <laughs> And it's so fun yeah. when you can start telling your kids, like, you're part of this now. Mm-hmm. She's sat on the yeah. sidelines, you know, for what, not, I mean, well, I guess six years she's been sitting on the sidelines and now she can take pride in that same, yeah. pri- you know, take that same pride into um, the whole experience. And it's been a fun ride with her. You know, that it's, it's interesting. Um, both of my sons, um, have liked to cook. I hate to cook. I'm not a cook. I'd, I'd probably eat a lot of cereal if lived on my own, Anna. <laughs> but both of my sons love, so they inherited that part of it from their mother, who's a very good cook and likes to cook. And both of my sons, Nate and Brett, uh, went away to college and uh, through YouTube, I would assume, became pretty good cooks and enjoy it where I don't. I'm not the master of my grill like a lot of men are. I could, I'm not going to starve to death. But it's really fun to see the, uh, that weekend I was talking about. Not only, um, you know, the experience of, you know, the dogs and the hunting and the camaraderie, I guess, is, is the way I would put it best. But then when we were at the end of the day uh, to sit down and watch the two boys, uh, and they're not boys anymore, they're young men clean the birds completely. And all I had to do was water the dogs and look the dogs over and, and make sure nobody was <clears throat> cut or, and uh, all I had to do was go back into the building where I cleaned my birds and say, Hey, you got to clean this up a little better. I want all these feathers blown around in here. And <laughs> and they had the meat all ready to go and take in and prep it. And we could, we could uh, put it on the grill or do whatever they were going to do with cooking it. So that was actually kind of fun as well to see them 
cleaning the birds, the whole process of it, uh, not just the, uh, the hunting, because let's face it, the, the cleaning of the birds uh, is, is important uh, if you're going to, if you're going to use them. And so it was just kind of fun sitting there watching them pick BBs out of them and the meat and stuff like that. So it's, it's, uh, it's more than just um, kill them and grill them. It's, uh, it's, it's the camaraderie. It's the, mm-hmm. the time spent with people you want to spend time with. Well, tournament hunting, you know that <laughs> a vast number of the, the guys that I tournament hunted with are all your clients. And we all had kids about the same age, mm-hmm. range from anywhere like 12 to seven. And so we're stacking up chucker all day long, right? Every run mm-hmm. has five birds. It doesn't mean everybody mm-hmm. gets all five birds, but these birds stack up fast. And these yeah. kids at that age created, they bring their own folding table. They have their own cleaning station and they will clean a whole gallon of, of chucker and have them ready to go breasted. I mean, and then you just go back and you pay for those same birds again, because <laughs> we already paid <laughs> in the field. and these yeah. kids are making bang <laughs> cleaning all of our birds. And, and that like the last year that I was tournament hunting every month, hardcore, it was so much fun to watch those kids like get so geeked up. They had their own four wheeler riding around to every field, switching out buckets with all the, you know, the bag birds that we dump out um, when we all come out of the fields with our tournament. And it, it really is something so cool to watch them take pride and independence and initiative to be, to find their place. Right. All because yeah, of, I mean, our it, yeah. Like none of it, us said, uh, Hey, y'all should do this. They saw an opportunity and ran with it. <laughs> That's great. Um yeah, I mean, I I love to hear stories like that uh, because it's, you know, it's it's just there's so many things, uh, life lessons to be learned uh, with what we're talking about. You know, learn gun safety, the appropriate way to handle the gun, become a good, efficient shooter so that you're not missing all sorts of birds and crippling birds. Uh, if you do cripple a bird, you have a trained dog that finds the game for you so it doesn't go to waste. Um Look at the land that you're that you're hunting on. I own my land that I hunt on, <clears throat> developing habitat. Um, you know, they're just all so many parts of what we're talking about. Uh, and then the end result is what we're talking about now is the the harvesting, the cleaning of the birds, and then the prep, and then and making sure they don't go to waste. So there's a lot of things that can be learned uh, from from being in the outdoors and. I, I, unfortunately, we, I see so many kids that are not experiencing that anymore, Anna. And, uh, and I really think they're missing out as are the, the, the parents. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just making that a main priority when I decided that I had ran the, the rodeo circuit long enough, it was, mm-hmm. it was time to go back to mentoring. And, yeah. and I think Sally Joe made, she played a really big part of that because when, when you tournament hunt every single weekend, you don't have time to really mentor your kid. They're there and they're a part of yeah. it, but they're not participating. Yep. And, um, and so I was like, that kid's waited long enough on the sidelines and supported everybody else. And now it's just going to be her yep. turn. And so it's really yeah. cool. My friends with similar age kids, like that, you know, we're all sharing about getting our kids in the outdoors and then duck camps and all the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So well, I want to thank yeah. you for coming on, for spending time yeah, with us. Thanks for having me. Sharing about Dogtra, showcasing the heart of that brand, because we all know they have a stellar product, 
but I really love giving back to the people in the industry they give to us. And so I'm super proud to be part of you guys and, and to have, I've had a lot of success with your products. So yeah, I appreciate well, great. And, for us. And that that's, uh, I appreciate those kind words and uh, let's give it a few months, uh, maybe into the fall or next winter, maybe we'll have some new product uh, for the, for the sporting lines, you know, the retriever world, the pointing dogs that I can have with me and show you and give you some updates on that. Yeah, sounds good. We'll definitely have you back on. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Pete. Bye. Papa gave daddy and daddy gave to me